you like conversation on a variety of topics? Feel like no one wants to talk about the things that interest you? Tired of only hearing the same political, sports, or catastrophe talk? Yeah, we feel that way too. Join two high-functioning geeks as they discuss just about anything under the sun. We can't tell you what we'll be talking about each week because we don't know where our brains will take us. It will be an interesting conversation, though, so hang on and join us. Here comes the Relentless Geekery. Brought to you by Mind Architecture. Building worlds for your mind. Yeah, now you can... Oh, here's some stuff. Let me just get some snow going. There we there go. We okay. Go. <laughs> All right. You guys here in Bar Harbor, Maine, which probably is getting hit pretty hard. Oh, yeah. I love we that. have got nothing. We've got some stuff like that. It's, uh, it's all we notice often that in the Cleveland area, we don't get that hard compared to Chagrin Falls or down south on Snowville Road, like in Brecksville. We Lakewood seems to be just to the west instead of the east of the city and however things come sweeping down from the lake or across the city we just seem to be in this nice null zone if it doesn't hit us that hard compared to many other places that get it worse and then expand it outwards from cleveland to like the whole nation and thing patterns have shifted now so that the east coast is regularly getting lambasted as well as like uncharacteristically in the south that they never used to get this and i must say for the people that caused this all the Petro people and all the finance people, the people that wouldn't look at real science and statistics and say, we need to calm the hell down about how we're damaging the planet. It's nice to have it visiting them much more than the innocent people all around. I just, right. I, it used to be that you'd invariably hear from the crazies about how, hey, New Orleans just got hit by a hurricane. Oh, that's because it's a city of sin and they deserve somehow to get it. And, and I just... That's so grotesque that you would think, so at least following your own logic, boy, hand of God, I guess you guys are the worst of the hypocritical, sinner, non-Christian bastards that you are. And it isn't about religion all the time. Sometimes it's just the guy that used to sit on the top of the hill in West Virginia, where all the tailings and slag flow would go downhill and hurt the people that were in the little things. It's nice that not everybody is immune. You can't run a terrible polluting concern and not get hit by it nowadays just read a big article sadly that pfas forever chemicals as they call them parafluoro why do i not know i should be able to just have it roll trippingly off the tongue they're the there's things that don't deteriorate based on sun and environmental concerns for tens of thousands of years and they're not good for us. There's an increased incidence of kidney malfunction and and circulation difficulty and all that kind of stuff and they're now so much in our environment that it's not just don't live near the Superfund site. They are part of the cycle that continually evaporates and then comes down as rain. So there is no safe rainwater left on the planet. It's got an overabundance of PFAs and other evil things by Roma. You know, I just read this, and so I'm sorry. It's like knowing dinosaur names. If you know them, then they just roll right out. But if you don't, you can't right. conjure them up. But I, I guess... Like the fact that we've killed the planet like that and that now nobody is safe. I, I, I don't want it to be like that. I don't want it to be the planet, but at least the bad guys are having to deal with it as well. There's always been an argument about that 
depends on whose ox is getting gored. And as long as they could shelter themselves and their families and drink their bottled water and live in a place where they don't have to deal with the horrible pollution and death that they're creating. But now they're in the path of the snowstorms. They're in the path of the acid rain. They're in the path of all of this stuff. And finally, the they're going to have to deal with it because they have to deal with it finally instead of being able to hide from it. So here's hoping. And and I don't know, I know I'm really ranting about this, but there's 30 years of articles about who were the first people that took this seriously because they had something at stake. Insurance companies long ago had to figure on what's going to happen when we have climate change and we get flooding and we get the, 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 the not only climate change is such a this is a terrible thing to say. It was a bad choice to go with that instead of just thinking about pollution. You're killing people with their downriver from you, and you're putting things in the water, and they're going to die from all of the, what it used to be, phosphates from all your detergents because they really screw ecosystems up. And now that, now the, I know I'm jumping around, but not really. I just read in, there's a thing called Project Censored, that talks about which are the most important but underreported stories of the year. And no lie, seven out of 10 of those stories this year were all the ways in which polluters are getting away with literally murder and not having to pay because they've learned how to pay off the press. And not here in the United States, but around the globe, they don't pay them off. They kill the journalists. There's 400 deaths of people that have reported on terrible pollution in Brazil, uh, Argentina, uh, Indochina, uh, Africa, all these various different places where that's the best way to get silence. You don't sue them, but they, and the also article was about all the slap suits where they just, they sue you and are so persistent about making life uncomfortable if you speak the truth that you shut up after a while. And all the people that they've bought off and they just had article after article about how, why isn't this in the news? Why isn't this being shouted from the tops of buildings about these people are getting away with killing our planet? And we're just like, I'll just watch another episode of Dancing with the Stars until my city is the one like Flint that has no drinkable water until it's in the air and my kids are all getting learning disabilities in school. Oh, so it the fact that all of the things that we've had, say, for the last 40 years, since deregulation, oh, all that anti-pollution control, we got to get rid of that because that's in, in interfering with our ability to make a profit. No, it was in place for all the right reasons because the science long ago oh. said that lead lowers people's education levels and that there is... Which explains our current political situation. It really is. I think this was a political thing all along. If we make the population dumb enough, they'll buy anything that we tell them and anything we hide from them. They'll just say, that doesn't matter because I got TV. And yes. well, I hardly ever do that. I usually don't go mocking voice. I'm sorry about that. But but it's just the weirdest thing to be how underreported it is and how it isn't only that the, the press, is it the fourth estate, the fifth estate, they're getting intimidated or they're ineffective, but that we aren't the only ones that know this. There's a whole division of government that's dedicated to speaking scientific truth to Congress. And Congress has, they're the ones that have loosened the environmental regulations. They pass new regulations that they call the Clean Air Act or the Clean Water Act, and they're absolutely not. They're totally releasing, hey, let's get some more uh, drilling going on in, in our Arctic wilderness. Let's get some um, 
uh, pipelines going across the United States with a thousand communities along there that if they have an oil spill, that community will cease to exist and, and that it's already in the environment because it's leaking all the time. And then you find out, wow, you think flames shooting out of my water tap, maybe something's wrong there. My kids are not able to learn. Maybe it's because they're drinking the, the result of all the fracking uh, chemicals leaching into our groundwater and then coming up into my fresh water, my well water. Oh my God, it's terrible. I'm pretty sure, like to return to the first thing, I know I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not letting you get a word in edgewise. They have regular tests of municipal drinking water and Cleveland comes out roses. We have very clean, um, there's like only you're allowed some number of particles per million or particles per billion of the stuff that really harms people. And our system works pretty well. But that is not the case all around the United States, that they've loosened these things in major cities. And if they, when they have the opportunistic disaster, they never return to that the, the water system is functioning correctly. So New Orleans, we, it's all of Texas has next to no regulation on how close you can have like oil wells compared to where people live. And there's all kinds of proof that says if you're within five, I think 3,200 is often a number that I see cited as to how far you have to live before you don't get just environmental effects. That means you have a 20% more chance of birth defects and premature birth and all that kind of stuff. And yet there they have within 50 feet, not 3,200 feet. So I, I just, how is it that we don't have, isn't part of the government supposed to be protect the voters, the people, and shouldn't the voters be holding government accountable for, I don't want you to get a new swimming pool from the oil concern. I want you to save me and my children from breathing in death and drinking in death all the freaking time. So anyway. You got to give Texas and other places a little bit of a break because they, they do, you can only address so many issues at one time and they got to address the important issues that really affect us, like the books that they don't want everybody reading in the library. Exactly that. And uh, yeah, because there's nothing like reviewing textbooks compared to our electrical grid is one tree fall away from destroying the state. You know what I mean? When, when they're going to get, they're gonna, if they're getting hit by snow, they not only have created the conditions that create this more often, they've never then said, wow, we should probably start to have snow removal crews and fixing the electric grid crews that are on call so when people lose power. They don't lose power for a week and all their food spoils and they, all, all of that they haven't at all ratcheted up. There's all kinds of studies about which cities grew too fast, that they didn't have their road system and their sewage system and their everything system. They didn't do regulations that would say, if we're going to have this level of population has to be this much, and then we have to keep budgeting for more. If we grow from 300,000 to a million, that doesn't work unless you really plan for it and react quickly to it when you see it happening. And there's all kinds of examples of San Diego grew very smartly. They really did not let like rampant suburbanization and all kinds of stuff without making sure that they had the road system in place. And once in a while, they got 10 lane wide roads because that's what it was going to take when you got one corridor that goes north-south from San Diego to the rest of California. And they had to have that because they could count number of cars on the road. And if you don't want to have a four-hour traffic jam every day, then you have to do something. Whereas 
That's funny. I don't know that I can pick a specific city that I want to defame. For instance, we have been to multiple national parks. And often, national parks are right next to natural resources that somebody wants to exploit. And there's nothing more chilling than, wow, this used to be like a two-lane curvy road. Now it's a four-lane mega highway so that the trucks that are carrying out all the coal and natural gas and refract LPNG, and when you're there at night, it used to be that you could look up and see, as we've talked about, the Milky Way, all those wonderful stars. And now it is the glow from all the industrial concerns right outside the national park and the flares from where they're burning off some stuff that, you know, that shouldn't be in the atmosphere, but they got something that says we burn off 30% of it, then we're still within environment regulations instead of how about 0%? How about not doing that at all? Leaving it in the earth would be a good idea if you're trying, if you know that there are consequences to it. So we, one of the reasons that we did a lot of our state capitals and a lot of the national parks that went with them over the last 20 years is we kept thinking, I don't know how long this is going to hold out. After we were up in the Dakotas and saw that they had whole like company towns that had been built up to be able to dig right near Theodore Roosevelt National Park. And not to be weird, after they had exhausted all the available hotel rooms and stuff like that, then company towns come in, they build terrible shanties, and they have an inflow of prostitution and gambling and all the vices that all these guys making all this money because those jobs pay well because there's hazard pay involved. Then you're like, when that dries up, you're going to be left with this ghost town of like terrible vice outlets and it used to be dickinson dickensville something like that was just like a little place you could stop by and get your hearty county country breakfast and stuff like that and now it's what is vegas doing up in north dakota how in the world is it that this place looks so seedy and so used at night it's all pretty lights during the day when the lights are gone and you really get to see like new orleans during the day oh my god it's it's disgusting. It really is compared to what you expect to find up there, that you're in the middle of beautiful national park territory, and instead the additional litter and the additional... Uh, I didn't realize I was in such a snick today. Yeah, man, yet, the weather you know, really I, got I, to I, you. I, I, <laughs> you know what it is? Like, all the... I love the fact that I, I subscribe, we subscribe to Time and the Week and... Um, various different things online and everybody had their year in review and so in a lot of cases it was okay i got some i'm turned on to i should read those books and watch those movies and play those games and do those tv shows so like you're like what we have done and yet you can't also not have faces in the news and 80 percent of the faces are criminals and rat bastards that are abusing our congress or getting away with terrible things across international borders or Everything. It, it the fact that the year in review isn't tales of Mother Teresa, tales of like good people doing good things, and sometimes it is a good thing. Every time that they have the innovations and inventions uh, issue of Time Magazine, it rewarms the cockles of my heart because there really are people that are figuring out how we're going to live longer and more safely and fix food and be able to handle pollution in a way that instead of just strip mining and raw exploitation they're showing here's how you can do things sustainably whether it's agriculture and, and avoid the runoff or whether it's how you're going to mine that it doesn't just have to be open air mines and putting all these tailings into a river that 50 years ago was beautiful and pristine and now it's a fucking sludge run 
So think, I've mentioned before, I'm trying to avoid the news because my life isn't often impacted by the worst of what's going on in the world. I live in my happy Cleveland area and we seem to be, if I go to my comedy clubs and we go for walks in the woods and I get my comic book coming into the house, that's a pretty good world without having to worry about the terrible bigotry here and the terrible environmental invasion there and all that kind of stuff. And yet, if you read these end of the year things, you can't help but catch up on all the evil that you've been avoiding up until then. <laughs> like, yeah. it, the it, fact that we have the Russian bear attacking Ukraine and that the United States is at all wavering in paying for that, that we've got these evil reds, which lets you know on what side they are, because, hey, that used to be reds and pinkos or what you called people defamatorily in the 50s. Right. That they're holding the U.S. hostage for giving the appropriate aid and making sure that Ukraine doesn't get eaten by the Russian bear. When in your lifetime could you have pictured that, oh, we lost another country. Oh, Putin is evil, but he just rolls across places. Every one of those countries that's next to the Soviet Union, my Lithuania, Estonia, Latvia, my crews that we're doing in September, hope we are. Because it could be that, nope, not allowed to land at those ports anymore because the country's at war. And it's that's a different a country now. Say that. It isn't about my freaking cruise. You know what I mean? It, it, but it, it is. It's illustrating I, the point. Exactly. The fact that I know how much Lithuania has been a thorn in Russia's side for generations because they won't give in. Because they do say we will be free. And they do. They were the first ones to throw off the Soviet Union to have their own real government again, instead of just being a puppet government and the rape of their land and the use of their resources. And we need a port on the Baltic Sea and all that kind of stuff. So the fact that that it's hard to believe, well, it's hard to believe the first time I saw the sign that said, rather um, communist than Democrat, that sign, someone wearing a t-shirt. And, and I love the, I just, the the outcry of the Republicans, oh, impeach Biden because he wants to support Ukraine and the war. And we need to focus on American stuff. And I'm like, folks, do you understand? That's not going to just stop that we're part of a whole global community and part of what goes on that eventually that will come back and affect us. And then people are, going, see, we should have done this. It's there is my, my, my latest pet phrase that I use is, Every accusation, a confession. I haven't seen any of the dirtbags say something about Biden or Hunter Joe Biden or Hunter Biden or about liberals in general or about specific states and rules and all that kind of stuff that isn't them saying, we do that and far worse, but as long as we're on the attack, we distract you from noticing that we are the ones taking bribes, that we are the ones suppressing the vote and having everything you hear about how we have to have fewer ways to vote because we're trying to make sure that the vote is correct. And then you find out that they're the ones that have been continually finding votes, gaming the system, trying as much as they can to win the election, no matter what, not just having an honest election. Isn't that the and the, there isn't the, any the, societal ill that isn't like that now? All the accusations that they make about hey, these guys won't come to the table and negotiate. They've been offering to come to the table for 18 months, and now because it's two weeks to go and you want to play this game of fucking chicken with the full faith and credit of the United States, now you're gonna say those things. There they either are galactic level hypocrites that they don't see it, or they're galactic level liars, and they know. 
that they can get away with saying those lies and there aren't enough people saying you're full of shit you're evil the emperor has no clothes sit down and shut up and I, we're, we're going through the trump trial one of the four right now oh my i God. was married <laughs> to an expert level narcissist manipulator and i can see that it's like ping ping you can oh. recognize all the little signs and you wouldn't believe the amount of people that at one point would get in my face, say, this is your fault and you're the reason, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? It, it, and I'm looking at the news. I'm looking at the politician, not just politicians, which are the, the major ones, it seems, actors and uh, radio jocks. And it's just, oh, my God. And, and unfortunately, again, elitist, I understand, but... If 100% IQ is our average, that means 50% of the people are below that and maybe just a little above. And they can speak to that because, like you said, hey, I got my TV. I can watch the Super Bowl on 75-inch TV because Walmart was on sale. I'm good. Forget who cares about what's going on in the Ukraine. We've got books that kids should not be reading. I want to control what books your kids shouldn't read. And don't take my guns away. I need 300 guns that all shoot 75 rounds every half second. It's needed for protection. You know what it is? It's funny. We never intended for Relentless Geekery to be about politics. No, we tried to avoid it. There are are fact-resistant human beings. And if there's anything that is at the heart of Relentless Geekery, it's a reverence for facts and data and mathematics and like how does the world work you know what i mean when you look into i don't know you want to go to them a make session and you really understand how your materials operate and how electronics work so you can use your raspberry pi and your arduino and stuff like that and anybody that has that weirdness of i'm going to rant about horrible technology while i hold a phone in my hand to do it like that again the galactic level of hypocrisy or blindness willing or unwilling that we have to comment on it because that's in the world much less geeky, much less fact-based. And there's so much proof of it, but we've used again and again. Oh, I think you're frozen. Am I talking to the wind? No, I hear you. (laughs) I I was trying the cloud recording, hoping that it would record better and it doesn't seem to be. But again, I think it's mostly me and my connection. Bad weather, I always get less internet with bad weather. Got it, because you're out more in the country than I am, where I'm right, right next to a point of presence from AT&T, literally like across my right. backyard. We, you know I, I, mean? I think the cows got off the wheel, so it's not spinning as fast to keep the electricity internet okay. going. Yeah. <laughs> so to summarize my rant, the reason that we talk about these things is because I like facts. I like science. I like the things that make the world a better place. The advancement of civilization is based on understanding more and continually being curious and there's so many forces in the world nowadays that are not about that i got a 2000 year old book that was written by nomadic tribesmen and yet somehow this book has all the answers to you name it refrigeration and satellite communication and medical technology where they didn't even know how germs worked yet they didn't have any idea of the scale of really small or really large that is at the heart of how computer chips work and we know about the size of our universe and there's automatically conflicts where what what we love 
and appreciate other people are like that's magic and if it's too much magic then it's the work of the devil what what is wrong with you that you would say something like that? I was just There's a mental illness brigade that is yeah. emboldened to say those terrible things. I was just oh. talking to somebody that works uh, for UH Hospital. UH Hospitals has gone completely cashless. You cannot uh, pay okay. for your appointment with cash at all. They don't take it. And you have to do your appointments and communication through the app and use the app. And they were saying how there are so many people informing them how this is against God's will and that it is wrong. It is in the book of revelations that going cashless like this will destroy the earth. It's, what are you talking about? Literally, yeah. they were told so those things. card is now the mark of the beast. Yeah, See, they were told that, that stuff. <laughs> For all my life. It hasn't been so much about Republican versus Democrat, but it definitely has been about conservatism versus liberalism. Like, new ideas are good. It's where progress comes from. And indeed, you have to be careful. Not all new ideas are good, but you have to have the process, often called science, of how to evaluate them, how to prove if it's really true and if it really is beneficial, and to be able to compare between new ideas, because they're all alternatives, and say, where should I put my time, attention, and money? And... The fact that there are people that say, nope, I really want things to be as they always are. If you would have said that 50 years ago, let's say 70, then you'd be worrying about which of your kids is going to get polio. Well, it's just devastatingly. But the vaccines you know are just I mean? tracking us. That's all those are for. And just that, that level of craziness that instead of acknowledging this as what a wonderful miracle, a man wrought miracle that People devised how to do it. They actually had people that were brave enough to be able to test it and that we figured out how to do it. And then two generations later, people are rejecting it for the most specious, ridiculous, idiotic reasons. And as we always talk about, sponsored by some blonde cheerleader type on an MTV show was the first one to talk about it. And people rushed to embrace it instead of being, what does she know? What can she possibly know? I'm sorry that she had problems with her child but it isn't it's like saying hey my child got sick and i think it's because they were wearing too many blue jeans and there's nothing behind that and yet the fact that you're going to destroy the blue jeans industry because someone didn't know how to think rationally how those people are shouted down when they say stupid things that instead it's like well celebrities and then of course there's a weird place that like Let's listen to her. But then when someone who really is an intelligent celebrity speaks up, they play the celebrity card. What does a movie star know? What do you mean a well-read movie star who speaks articulately? Oh, Slungren has three exactly master's degrees. Like that. And, and, and like even, I just, the fact that maybe it's no surprise, people aren't Christians. They aren't Bible readers. They pick and choose what they want to do whatever they want. And every time that I hear someone profess to be a, a, a Christian nowadays, it's not a variation on every accusation or confession, but it really is. If they're going to go to Jesus early, you know that, wow, the three things that you really are against, you don't care about the other 400 things that are prohibited. You do those things every freaking day. And we've laughed about it. If you're going to talk about there are really are dietary restrictions, nobody that has a tattoo can call themselves a Christian. Not if you're going to go by what is really in these books. And and again, I just, that cherry picking, that hypocr hypocrisy, that the craziness of 
my world, I try to have it make sense, have it be consistent and hang together. And if things don't fit with what really all the what we know already, then you throw it out. You don't accept that and say, well, it's a mystery. No, it isn't true because the vast preponderance of evidence and data and experience and science say, this is how the world works. It's not a flat earth. It can't be a flat earth. They did experiments 4,000 years ago showing that, <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't just, oh, okay. I, I, the thing is, you can't. People regularly do it. You can say, if you think this and this is true, then it comes to this conclusion. And they'll agree to three yeses and then a no, because they don't like the conclusion. But you can't. If logic works as it does, and these things all link together to come to this conclusion, you can't say, yes, you can breed dogs to inherit characteristics. Yes, you can breed crops so that you get inherited characteristics. But no, evolution is false. No, that doesn't work that way. It's like, oh, oh. I, I am often just so stunned. And what I want to say is, I, I don't, I can't talk to you anymore. I can't talk to someone right. that I know. There's no communication really going on here. I, oh, I, I think I might have a solution. I, I quoted that term a long time ago. Yes. <laughs> I, I think I might have a solution. So the, these type of people that stress us out here the most, that seem to be the most illogical, causing the most problems, they really want to jump on some weird bandwagons and believe things. So let me tell you, Alan, do you know why the government tries to hide nuclear waste? Do you know why they put it in barrels and keep it away from everybody? Because actually, no, that's that that they're lying to you about that. Because actually, if you take a spoonful of nuclear waste a day, it will keep you living for longer and it will cure all your stuff. There's what we need to spread. No basis in fact, no basis in science. So so all those people should believe it. And they're going to fight to get that nuclear waste so they can take that spoonful every day. We need to use them against themselves. You know, mockingly, any number of times when someone has really been hurt by electricity, hurt by exposure to radiation, I follow up with, so what cool superpowers did you get? Right. Because people really think that if you're struck by a meteor, it's not only that a huge flaming rock fell out of the sky and almost killed you. It's that, hey, you won the lottery. Superpowers coming your way. Right. And, and like, I, I just, I love reading all kinds of fantasy fiction. I love reading fiction. But it, I can distinguish between the, the book that I just read about the secret government organization that's really doing that. He made it up. The author made it up. And maybe there really is the, the, the line blurs between fiction and nonfiction because there really are people that decided, as long as we now have nobody believing that could possibly happen, I can hide in the shadows and do very similar things with automatic rejection of the possibility that someone could be that manipulative and that evil. So right. I, I, I think you've read some of the same things as I the reason that conspiracy theories work is because the people that are doing that have really learned how to package those things, press the right buttons, make it that right. there's just enough in it for the person to be the first one to know. And now they're special because they're the one that's telling you the real secrets of the world, that they speak against whoever you happen to hate anyway, or whoever you happen to love. And it, like, there's really a formula for how you can start a good conspiracy theory and it has nothing to do with whether it's true or not. It's because mimetically that meme is so strong and it does all the right things about repetition and it fits yes. what you think that the world is kind of sneaky anyway and all the kind of stuff. And yet 
people often talk about this. We're looking at what we're going to try to do in school. It it isn't only about hey we should be having uh, certain books being read, some of the bo- or or not read. Like where's our, our critical thinking class? That school isn't about memorizing the alphabet and the times tables, though that's very important just to be like a communicating human being. But there have to be some classes, and maybe science is where it starts, where you can say, how do I know that's true? Because I I did an experiment. I made up a hypothesis, and I, I accounted for the various different things, and I narrowed it down to one thing that I'm going to prove one way or the other. And then you took careful readings, and you didn't let anything infect the experiment, and you came to the conclusion. And if you did it right, then what that conclusion comes to is it inspires six more experiments. Now that I know this, I wonder what happens with this other element. I wonder what happens if I change the length of the spring. Or remember, we used to do these things right. in chemistry and physics. That's how you learn how the world works. And how instead of listening to, like, to a meme. And instead, instead of let's. And, you and know, just I'm for sure those. A part of it. I'm sorry. I was going to say, just for those. That what I said earlier obviously was sarcasm and isn't real. But see, I'm not worried about the certain people uh, listening to me saying that wasn't real because they don't listen to all of it. They just listen to what they want. So it would be they right. said this. <laughs> yeah, right. I there was a time again. Let's say 40 years ago when I was like, if half the world doesn't get math, I have an advantage. I'm the one that can pick what investments to make. I'm the one that can look at statistically what trends are happening and see the future and get in front of it. And at that point, it really seemed to be, that's cool. I get a little bit of advantage. But now that there's so many of folks that are not only they don't get math, but they're actively rejecting of it, it's it's become dangerous. Now it's not 10% and they're crazy and, and that kind of stuff. It's more, wow, we really have 50% of the people, well, at least 49 for now, voting on it doesn't make any logical sense. It doesn't make any statistical sense. But I just, it, the first thing that I heard is what I'm going to believe no matter what. I really am never going to question. And unfortunately, the first thing they heard was not a science class, but it was Sunday school. Then they're already set up to not understand all kinds of things that are at the heart of how the world really works. Right. Or at least they're set up to be in conflict about it. And I know this is a terrible thing to say, but I've read a number of the Catholic Church says, if you give us your child for the first five years, we've got them forever. And I think that's true. Mimetically, if you really have it, that you really think that God watches over you or God arranges events in a certain way or whatever else it might be, and that becomes your explanation for how things are, instead of know there's a certain amount of randomness and luck and statistics, and you can you don't go to a casino and say and pray. You go to a casino and count cards. You know what I mean? There's ways of dealing with what the true odds are. And oh, oh it I, I really am a good person. And so many of the things that religion professes to teach people to do, the Ten Commandments are a great idea for how to run a pretty orderly society. You know what I mean? It really is. Don't steal. Don't kill. Don't covet your neighbor's goods or their wife. All those kinds of things. They just happen to also leave out a whole bunch of stuff that's part of a civilization when you're not in a society that lives within a hundred miles of itself. And it's only a thousand people per village instead of 15 million in a city. And there's degrees of scale and degrees of newness that the Bible and most religious things, it's not only the Bible, it's the Quran. Oh no, here here goes all those uh, listeners. Like you can't think that whatever they thought like in 900, 
is really how the world is today. You know what I mean? We've had a, a doubling of the world's knowledge in the last hundred years. That's how much that curve is asymptotic with how much we're learning more. And the more that we learn to apply it, it can't be that what we thought about how to take care of your food before refrigeration is still how we should act. And yet that's where a lot of those dietary restrictions come from, right? Don't eat shrimp because it goes bad and can kill you. Not because shrimp is the devil's food. You know what I mean? It, it's right. just the, it's absolutely. It, I think that those <laughs> actually like laws we can, of hospitality. We can point to how bad the world is and like proof of how bad the world is just sorry, by the you again. Uh oh, I'm here. Okay. It, it's probably going in and out. I'm sorry. We'll try something else to fix things, but proof of how bad the world is. And, and this absolutely proves it that Cthulhu hasn't even wanted to invade and destroy us all. Oh, did you hear that? Oh, this is this is horrible. Can you hear me? I, I missed your main point. I heard <laughs> the world. No, please more. Okay. No, so the I, absolute I, proof. Snips instead of the whole thing. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Absolute yeah. proof of how bad things are is that Cthulhu hasn't even wanted to come in and destroy the world. <laughs> As you might imagine, one of the ways to get um, religious people, especially incensed, is to say there's a thousand religions why is yours the true one and especially the uh, really grim ones like Cthulhu or hey my flying spaghetti monster which is a relatively recent invention but it explains things much the same way that yours does and I like him better you know what I mean he seems to be on humanity's side right. instead of looking to send you to hell if you don't obey his various different oh, all those things about how people talk about if you're an atheist you're a bad person no, I really am a pretty good person, but the reason I do it is because that's how society operates best and because it makes me feel good to be generous and truthful and smart and all those things that are like the what I think is important to be a human being. And it doesn't come because I'm trying to avoid the punishments of hell. It's because I want to be that way and I want the world to be that way. So if people see me and see me as a reasonable example... He not only does those things, but his life seems to go okay. It isn't that if you're too truthful that the world's going to screw you over. It's more, wow, that makes so many things easier. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're reasonable in business, if you, Colleen and I were just having this conversation the other day, and, and how in the world do people fool around? You know that person that you profess to love with the most in all the world, how much it's going to hurt them, how much it's going to create a, a rent in your relationship that can never really be healed. And people will talk about it. Oh, it just happened. You know what I mean? We just fell into bed together. Uh, I got drunk and I didn't know what I was doing. And like all those excuses, they really didn't penetrate the fact that if you go do this, there's no going back. You really right. have destroyed something beautiful by right. that. And I was stupid when I was young. And thank God the pain that I caused someone else or the pain that I had to feel from someone doing that to me, that I learned that early and just said, man, you, no matter what, no matter, that's not the way to go. No matter what opportunities arise, no matter what difficulties you're having in a relationship, like maybe end that and start a new one instead of becoming a sneak, instead of lying to someone's face that they trusting you matters more than anything else in the world, and you found it in yourself to be that liar. 
Oh my God, oh, shoot oh. yourself. You're a <laughs> fucking waste. So uh, you, I, I am very condemning of those kinds of things in ways that other people I've just seen. You sowed your wild oats. You They were exceptionally charming. You never thought the other person would find out. That's why you did it. How are any of those reasonable things? Uh, and so <laughs> one of the reasons that Colleen and I's relationship is so successful is we're just so certain that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? We don't just love each other. We really like respect and want each other's lives to be good. And why would you introduce such a terrible thing? There's no way that sex could be good enough. Attention from somebody else could be good enough. There's no way that could be. And I'm pretty sure that this is statistically proven to make it back to relentless geekery. You know what I mean? That it's just, you know, that it can't be the right thing to do. It, it goes go ahead and do it. Oh my it it God. goes back to, it's not rational, normal thinking, just like everybody we've been talking about this whole episode. Because uh, what yeah. I dealt with wasn't it just lying about it. It was... Sorry, I lost you again. Oh, uh, I, I think it's recording. So I'll, yeah, try and keep, really... yeah, I'll try and keep going and hopefully it'll record it all. But it, it, it's the same thinking as these people we've been talking about. It's not just... I'm I'm going to lie to you. It's I'm going to do it multiple times. And even with proof, written email proof that you can show, I will tell everybody that it's false and they'll believe me. And then I'm going to try and get you That's in right. trouble and get you thrown in jail. That's where I came from. So it's, it's that's very, anyway. Yeah. It's funny. And actually it's not funny. It's tragic. When you have people that are all about the accusations about what's wrong with other people and you find out that they not just were, but are actively now in a sex club, that thing doesn't mean a lot to them or that they like, there's something about who can be trusted and how you do anything is how you do everything. If you find out that they've been a relationship cheat and a business cheat and a person that doesn't take their friendships seriously and stuff like that. But then, yeah, they're going to be a good congressperson because that's when they're going to they're going to put their hand up and hand on the Bible and they're going to take an oath. And then when you when they break that oath a thousand times in the time that they're in Congress, why in the world are you surprised? You know what I mean? So the biggest thing that I see is that kind of hypocrisy that sickens me. How does it not sicken everybody else? Like it used to be that if that kind of scandal came out, it was enough to make somebody drop out of the race. Now that George Santos just pulls his way forward, as you said, despite all the proof, all of the, <laughs> how does he think he's going to get away with it? Because it, 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 that the boldness of where someone gets got caught and they're like, wasn't me. I just saw you. It's on camera. There's no question. Wasn't me. And I guess they think that they can just assert, I deny your reality and substitute my own. And yet then it isn't up to them. To ever feel guilt, it's up to us to say, I don't care whether you feel guilt or not, but I know that I'm getting you out of my life. I know that I'm not letting you be in any position where your integrity is what matters because I know you have none. And so that's what I always think is, shouldn't all those people that are proven to be liars and cheats and bribe takers and they got to get tossed they, out. It they, that there's an acceptable level of that. There's they, none acceptable. Love. They obfuscate <laughs> the reality and the truth, and they know they're. We're seeing this so much. 
I know these people will believe me if I repoint. You know what? I couldn't have done that because that person's lying to you because they want this book in your library. Yeah, we don't like them and totally forget about what the real problem is. They create connections between things that aren't there, but it's enough of a distraction that you're going to say, I, I, I don't want, wow, all of our kids are going to grow up Satanist. So we can't have that. So then anything that they say about whatever I tell you to do now, at least it stops the kids from becoming Satanists. It's like, right. sure, people are that stupid. Yes, they are. <laughs> yes, they absolutely so, are. <laughs> oh, the, luckily, what did you get for Christmas? Did you get yeah. some nice stuff? <laughs> I got a, a Millennium Fat. I was thinking that. I'm like, wow, this is like the downer way to start the year. You know, I mean, we just got done with a great Christmas season. Okay, so... That let's talk about this. I discovered a new band for myself. They've actually been around for a while. They just yeah. had, were on a break for years, uh, 10, 15 years or something. They haven't put an album out, but they've been around since 90s-ish. They're called Porcupine Tree. I don't know if you've heard of them. I absolutely have. Is it, So they, they, Stephen Wilson? I is, think so. I, so they, there's there's all kinds of neo-prog. There's yes. a whole bunch of bands that came out that that had some of the trappings of prog where it's uh, odd time signatures and interesting sounds and so forth, and just not lyrics aren't only I love you, yeah, 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 but they dealt with weightier stuff, and they're like active listening type things, you know what I mean? Yes. Sometimes they go a little bit more towards the discordant, where you really have to listen to it and say, that's not pretty but it's accomplished. <laughs> you know what I mean? The musicianship is great. It just is not only odd time signatures, but odd like tonal scales and stuff right. like that. And, yes. and sometimes synthesized music can be also off-putting. It's colder, not as human as certain things. But having said all that, I admire how much they've made great music, but not had a single song on the radio. Isn't it all radio airplay friendly? So I'm glad you discovered them. They're very interesting. And they have love. So yes. let's see. Oh, I hope I don't have this wrong. Okay. It, 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 I thought that, so what happened was a number of the band members did make solo work. And now they okay. they, out of the blue, regathered and made an yes. album. after Almost 20 years. So the way I discovered it, and this seems obvious, and I've heard other people do this. I went into chat GPT and I said, Hey, these are some of my favorite bands. And I know I listen to a lot, so I wasn't wanting to mix up different genres and different styles. I was like, I, I, I took Rush and some bands like Rush that I like these bands. I like this yeah. type of stuff. Give me some other bands that are similar. And boom, I got a list. And then I'm like, okay, I like Def Leppard and Bon Jovi and these bands. Are there any new bands that are like these guys? And boom, I got a list. I started looking them up. So it's a great music discovery tool. Uh, again, you got to know the prompts and how to get what you want out of it. Got it. Long before ChatGPT, I used to do that on Pandora. That yes. I put in a whole bunch of bands or even individual songs, and it would start suggesting things for me and I'd be taking notes and going out to Amazon. And so discovered all kinds of things. If you like Zeppelin, they're going to tell you about Greta Van Fleet nowadays. And if right. you, you know what I mean? It, and, Which and, uh, they're from Michigan. I thought they were Swedish actually. I just thought that too. They're from Michigan. I really from, didn't know that. Yeah. Oh my God. And their first <laughs> album, things like, their, their yeah. first EP album is going for 250 bucks on Amazon. 
Wow, because nobody bought it. It was a right. limited release or whatever like that. Okay, I bet you I have it. I think I have it on CD. I don't have vinyl, but you know what I mean? But I, one of those things where I heard a cut from them and it really was enough of a Zeppelin sound alike, vocalist and guitar especially, that I was like, I got to try this. And I, I wait for an artist to have a whole LP instead of an EP, but I just was, okay, it, it's $8 instead of 15 So I guess it's half an album, half the price. I'll give it a try. You know, right, kind of right. Thing. So yeah, I've been into them for all three of their albums. That was an, a new discovery of mine. Yes, um, I love them. If I could chime in, I discovered mystery that I think I talked about. I was at Progstock and a band came on that just blew me away. They're a progressive rock band out of Canada. And I can't, we might have laughed about this. There's only so many bands out of Canada that can get international recognition because that just doesn't seem to happen. Right. So indeed, once Rush takes up too much space and Celine Dion, the rest, these guys have 12 albums out. And I got a bunch from my Secret Santa for Christmas. And then I was like, oh, but I'm really liking these. And so spurred by having a little extra money and my like, okay, I'm not going to wait for them to go on sale for seven bucks because they never will. They're just obscure enough. They're just quality enough. So I actually, oh my God, spent like 12 and $15 on each of the CDs and they're great. I just, they are so. What's um, the name of the band symphonic again? Symphonic and mystery. mystery. Mystery, like spelled like you expect. But as you might imagine, when you go onto Amazon and type in mystery, you get a whole genre of books and you get a whole bunch of titles that have nothing to do with the band mystery. I don't want the mystery of Edwin Drood. I want, so you have to go to, to make the subclass classification CDs and vinyl. And even then, there's all kinds of things that have mystery in the title. And it took me a long time to find enough of them and then by putting them in my cart and, and finally following them that then I got all the various different things. Like they have two live albums that are great. They probably have eight others that are studio. And the there's one guy, Michael St. Pierre or something. I'm probably it's Michel. I'm trying to well, Canadian French eyes it because I think they're out of Montreal. They He really writes all the music. So it's this musical genius that also happens to have a great backing band six people in the band if i remember right and the big claim of fame is they've had a series of vocalists but for a while their vocalists were like the training camp for yes benoit david who went on to be in yes for a while was in the band and just it's that's how they sound they're big and symphonic and great dynamics i love things where it's not every single song is an anthem got really beautiful ballads they got really beautiful crescendo based a lot of their songs are 10 minutes instead of three there's there's more to them they're really good and their titling of things is odd that they're prog like delusion rain what could that mean not delusional rain it's they don't even they have direct translation of french terms or whatever else it might be <laughs> so i'm trying to think about him as usual so what do I have? I have Live in Prognan. I have Delusion Rain. I, this is my latest stack. They're every one that I've listened to. I'm like, I'm going to have to listen to that again because I really liked it, but I didn't take it in all the way, but right. I want to hear it again. Certain songs that really stick, like when I heard it on the album and then listened to one of the live ones, it's like, man, that's even better live. No, And no wonder, because it really has those great dynamics and there's great, like, passion to it you know what i mean that it isn't a wonder that the band got up and did this so well live because it really works as a live cut so anyway i nice. that's my offering hey everybody if you haven't heard of mystery before mystery. and you like prog rock they're they're right up there with porcupine tree as a great undiscovered um vein that you can mine because they're like 10 albums in that's pretty cool <laughs> yep 
All right. Have you watched any of the shows? There's a lot of shows that seem to be dropping. I watched the first episode of Monarch. Um, okay. And and it, like no, it, and it's it's interesting because they really are doing as you I think you mentioned before like old style special effects. Or actually, is that the movie versus that was the, the minus show? one movie? Yeah. That's what it was, where they really like black and whited it and made it look like it was an, an unreleased Godzilla movie from right. the 1950s and stuff like that. So I like it, but you know what? I realized that there's a disconnect with the horror that I like, might be like vampire werewolf Frankenstein type stuff where it's more human, a big monster coming to destroy your city. What would I do? Run. I don't really have any response to. I, I just, you know, there it's they're much the same there's not a lot of if there's a saw three and four they get trickier the plots are interesting the, the murder devices are but godzilla just seems to be okay now there's a monster from under the earth now there's a monster from outer space and they're gonna have a fight and he's gonna lose it first but then he's gonna go stock up on radioactive power and then he wins in the end you know what i mean so right. i think i got the godzilla formula kind of down <laughs> i like anyway. monarch uh, because it's tying into the new world, the King Kong universe world, and the new okay. movies coming out in Hollow Earth. So this is tying into all of that. And I think they do a fun job of taking the stuff from the 50s and bringing it with the modern and the, trying to build up the whole universe. That, that's the part I like the see, most that's about cool, it. cool, where you can see that they're building it, and especially when they're... They have fealty to the past, but they're trying to modernize it. So what's Godzilla in a world of cell phones and flechette weapons and stuff like right. that? Very interesting. By the way, I know that you got planetary. Did you get to that specific issue? No, I haven't gotten there yet. Oh, Besides oh then I, you might have a treat coming up that's in line with nice. what we're talking about. All right. Very is, that the, is that the one where... <laughs> I know that. Does Godzilla show up or is he in the background in the movie theater? Because Colin and I had this big, long discussion that there's a big argument right now in the community, comic book community, of what is Godzilla's first comic book appearance? Because uh, if you take the first comic book, issue one, or is it when he just did cameos and the one comic somewhere has in the movie theater and it's a Godzilla movie in the, on the screen. And the reason it's such a big okay. hot debated deal is because that affects the pricing and what books you have, whether they're worth $10 or a <laughs> thousand. That's, you know, it's funny again to digress. So I use collectors uh, for my comics and my books and my music. And just for the first time in a long time, like seven or eight months refreshed, my the key issues that I have in collectors and the value of my collection and my key issues went from 400 to 600, not because I added that many comics, but because more people are noting the various different first appearances and first right. combats and whatever else it might be. And my collection went up quite nicely in value because as with them continuing to make not only the Marvel universe and the DC universe, but these various different things that are being attempted, the hammer universe and the hollow earth and whatever out of my top five, most valuable comics. It's amazing fantasy. Number 15 and giant size X-Men number one. And the next one down is tomb of Dracula. Number one, because it's a number one and it introduces him to the Marvel universe. And it wasn't a big print run. It wasn't the hundreds right. of thousands of copies that were being printed. It and, and maybe that's also what each of those has that when Spider-Man showed up, it 
there wasn't a Spider-Man before Amazing Fantasy number 15. So no wonder that the print run was low. If I remember right, they put that into a title that they were getting ready to cancel. And it got uncanceled because they were like, look at these sales figures. What's going on here? Must be the guy on the cover. And hence Spider-Man coming to the fore. And same with Giant Size X-Men. The previous X-Men had actually, the title had gone on, but it was in reprints, if I remember right, through number 93. And the Giant Size X-Men came out with the whole new X-Men from Claremont Claremont. and and Cockrum, right? And, And Boom, the X-Men universe exploded, but only the loyalists, loyalists like me that continued to read X-Men with, I think it was like a, a reprint thing, and then maybe a continuing small story, like an eight-pager in the back that were the individual X-Men, the Beast and Cyclops and stuff on various different smaller adventures. And so after, after that, it's Tomb of Dracula, it's a werewolf by night, and I think it's whatever the issue with that includes Moon Knight. And those kinds of things are becoming very valuable in, in the eight to $20,000 range, which is cool to be like, and my Amazing Fantasy number 15 is not mint condition because it is old. But every one of those that I just named, it's really nice condition. So I will yeah. get the the uh, premium mint multiplier, if you will, right. based on when I grade it <laughs> and that kind of stuff. So nice to have. One day I'll do it. One day I'm going to finish cataloging and get things graded and start to sell things off and return them to the universe because I'm 64 going on 65. I can't lift books all my life. When I first time I like throw my back out and I got to wear a truss, it's like time to call heritage auctions. I'm going to have to stop thinking <laughs> that I can lift blocks of wood for a hobby. <laughs> get all my comic books cataloged. You know what I mean? Right. So, okay. <laughs> so have you watched? What If, or Echo, or even Percy Jackson. Those are all new shows None I've been of those watching. Yet. Those all just appeared. In fact, I just, I think Echo, right? Her versus the Kingpin. I've read little yeah. excerpts of this is what's going on. And already it's people are saying the best thing for the Marvel Universe on TV since uh, Alias, since, since Jessica Jones. And that's a pretty big benediction. Because there's I, been other good series. Yeah, I've watched... Think? Okay, so I've watched all of What If. We watched the first two of Echo. They dropped all of them, and I don't like binging in one night anyway. So What If I thought was pretty good. Just like the first season, there's some better ones than others. They introduce a new superhero that is Mohawk Indian. Oh, sorry. Am I I there? I can't. Okay. I really Uh, did like season one because they really did have some good variations on Yes. Questions that people ask. What if you went bad instead of good? What if that civilization didn't? Right. Okay. (laughs) But so they introduce a new Mohawk Native American character in this. And I thought that was pretty fantastic. The last four episodes are just really fun and really good. Echo, I've enjoyed. I know some people are like, well, this sucks. It's too slow of a burn. And they're just not moving fast. Shut up. I like the show. It's been pretty good. And I don't know if you ever read the Percy Jackson books, but that that series has been really good. And I think Rorden is very happy with it. So all good stuff. Okay. I've intended to start that series for a long time. That's where he's like the son of Perseus or Poseidon. Poseidon, exactly. And so I really, of all the um, young adult books, I really do tend to like those, the fantasy series where they're coming of age tales. They're the hero's journey there. And like the the fact that that those uh, mythologies are in the public domain, they've done some very cool additions to that. 
You know what I mean? So I, oh, I watch the series and then go read the books. Or do I read the books first? I'll have to see what I'm going to do. Well, <laughs> okay. don't watch the original movies because Rorden does not like the original movies. He's very involved with this series and he's very happy with it. So read the books, watch the series, forget the movies. Very interesting. Okay. That's that's so true of so many people. Stephen King first talks about, they made 10 movies out of my books before there was one that I liked. Like, But his whole <laughs> attitude is, I don't care. I wrote my book. People got the book. They read the book. That's all I care about. You're paying for the right to do right. whatever you want with the property. And that's his whole attitude. That's right. You shoveled money at me. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And he definitely has the money. But Rorden really wanted to get involved. He's actually in a scene. Uh, he doesn't say anything, but he's in one of the scenes in the first episode. And also, uh, not a big spoiler if you've read the book, but there is Medusa in it. So there is a garden of statues, and he's one of the statues. That's pretty cool. Okay. I just got, it's funny, we were at a, a games night and I had, I had been too smart. I know that's a terrible way to put it, but we played a trivia game or a word association game and I was just on that night and I realized this isn't making it good for anybody else. It's like me showing off. And so I said, right. but at one point they talked about Medusa is one of, one of, these sisters and everybody in the room almost everybody in the room was like that's crazy i've never heard of this it's, i can't say that it's the gorkins everybody that reads greek mythology knows that she's one of three and it really was a, a real conflict as of am i going to be the dick one this, more time know it all you know, okay okay let this go okay my my <laughs> little rant here before we go i don't hear the so we I'm, have I'm losing you, Stephen. I'm sorry. Oh, I know. And I don't think it's not you. I think it's more me and more the recording. I will try something else next week. So here's my little rant before we go. So we have football players. We have bodybuilders and stuff that, and some of these movie stars like Statham and Rambo. And these guys are big, strong. We admire them. And these football players, oh, let's get our picture with them. Let's pay them a lot of money. And they're because they're fit, they're strong, and they can do these things that normal people can't. And we admire that and we honor it and we make them rich because we will pay for this. Okay. But it's because, and this is my theory, my opinion, but it's because everybody knows what it's like to pick something up or to pick something up heavy. We know what it's like to use our strength and do something, and we know our limits. If I really was Lou Ferrigno, I could lift the end of the car up. I can try and I can almost feel it. I under, I understand what's going on to lift it. I just physically cannot do it. But you go on the other side with mental capacity. So the people that are the mental bodybuilders, the ones that have the higher mental capacity, like the pro athletes, they do not get admired as much. They get shunned or made fun of because... If you don't have that mental capacity, it is very difficult to understand it. You can't comprehend. How do you think that way? How do you know these things? It, it's just incomprehensible. I can understand strength that is better than mine. I can't understand intelligence that is better than mine, which is, I think, why being smarter is not honored, is not revered. People don't care. And they 
feel threatened and will make fun of it or shun it or downgrade it or whatever, as opposed to physical. So totally agree. And I got to tell you, not to play, can you top this, but I really have thought that for most of my life that, and the way I, I explained it very similar to yours, when people see an Olympic athlete, they can say, I can jump, but they can just jump like another foot right. or maybe twice as high and they can run twice as fast. And they have that coordination to be on the balance beam and do amazing things. Whereas I could try to flip and maybe wipe myself out, but I can see myself trying it. Whereas if you're the guy that really recalls things quickly, does math quickly, it looks a little witchcrafty to people because they don't get, they can't picture themselves doing that. They'd like to maybe be able to do that, to be the trivia hound or to be the, the person that calculates pot odds in a poker game and that they're always on top of what they're really betting on instead of just, I go with my gut. I, I really have thought that for a long time. And one of the reasons that earlier in my life, I often hid my intelligence was because what we just talked about, you display it too much and all at once. And it's, it's like opening the a blast for this door and people really get, wow, were you just lucky or, and it's, wow, you can do that all the time, but you choose not to. They like, don't trust you because they think that you're thinking ahead of them or because you're getting, and I don't know, I have, I think I've talked about other ways in which I pursue that, that I try to explain it to other people, but, uh, and, and they're never meant to be insulting. I take it back once in a while when someone asks me bluntly, what's it like? There's a great line from like Alan Moore writing about the Justice League where the Flash lives in a world full of statues. That there's hardly ever a time where I'm not ahead, where I'm not thinking of what might be coming next, that I'm not thinking of my next thing to say and the next thing that they might say, that I'm people laugh about it, correcting their grammar if they're not doing it really well. I'm thinking of better vocabulary. I'm calculating when I'm driving. Okay, I'm going this fast and that guy's going that fast. And the reason I'm going to be able to get ahead of him before the next turnoff is because I did that little calculation in my head and it makes sense. It always makes sense in all those various different ways. Long ago, I did a talk at Mensa called like La Vida Intelligencia about how intelligence is not one thing. It's this capability that you can bring to bear on everything in your life. Right. You can solve puzzles. You can re remember recipes. You can diagnose a car and fix it. All of it. You can code. You can sing. You can all that kind of stuff. And so I was like, I celebrate those little things all the time because I love being able to remember the dinosaur names. I love being able to almost very often quick with quip. I not only think of what's going to be said next, but I think of a joke that I can make, knowing what they might say and having it preloaded. And when you get in a conversation that's also very quick, very punny, it's a delight. It's like a little, not even a fencing match. It's a volleyball thing where you're just trying to keep the ball in there as long as you can. There's no competition. It's like the people that can do that, that can make the next literary reference or the next little pun or just, I love that. And I try to do it now where I do that in a, not a lording it over others way, but in a happy way. Everybody likes to laugh. You know what I mean? It's important to be the guy that does that and not at others' expense. That you, right. Those kinds of jokes that are about the absurdity of the situation or isn't it funny how the world is like this? Not, boy, what a dumb you are. You know what I mean? What a, like, how did you not see that? Only occasionally do I like lose it. And when it's something important, 
I don't know. You could have not crashed your car. You know what I mean? If you're complaining to the world about how bad things happen to you all the time, it, like maybe you shouldn't have been determined to drive home drunk. Maybe there yeah. really is some culpability in this for you. I don't always let people off the hook without chiding them a little bit for it isn't just luck. It's like you can hedge your bets in this world. We, me and the family and brothers have been talking a little bit about finance lately. And so much of what I try to do is not only like a lot of people will say, hey, give me a stock that I should invest in. And so I want to tell you why I chose this one so that I can get a feel for your risk tolerance and your understanding of these things so that it's not just, hey, I made a bet on a pony that someone mentioned to me at the race, but it's more, I followed the pony's career and he's really good on it when it's raining. He's a good mutter and they get it, into it. They agree with your analysis, if you will. Right. And some people are like that, that they really want to understand more. And then I'm happy to have that talk. And others are just like, just give me one. And then I'm like, I don't want to be responsible for, it does happen that no matter what I think is going to happen, then it goes down. And then you're going to be like, well, you suck as a stock picker. I don't because I really have a portfolio of stocks. And overall, I doubled my money in five years and that's ahead of the market. And so that's a good thing. <laughs> oh, oh, I just, you said it very well that it's scary and they get pissed that they can see how if I was right. to work up. I could lift another hundred pounds because I built my arm muscles up and I worked my core and all that kind of stuff. But somehow people don't have the idea of, hey, if you want to get a better vocabulary, maybe get one of those word a day calendars and you will learn more. You will have more fun words in your world. You know, even if you don't actively try to memorize them, we are language consumption and emission engines and really will be a, a better vocabulary person if you put your mind to it. But Maybe read books instead of trying to ban read level like that. There, that's a good there. There's a good way to close them. Maybe before you try to ban something, you should even read it in the first place so that you have an experience of it instead of, nope, I'm sure from the title, Billy has two mommies. Oh, that can't be right. It's got to be bad oh, because I oh, saw it on a I TikTok video. That this word gets over the level of stupidity that goes with bigotry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those things like really how you're going to judge a person is based on their color or their sexuality or their their clothing that they wear. How in the world is that ever valid? And yet how many, how much of the world, the worst people in the world are the ones that say, let's have a pure Hungaria. Let's have, we are a Christian nation. That level of prejudice is disgusting. And I wish that more smart people said, that's not true. It can't be true. Stop saying that. Right. Just stop it. It's disgusting that you say that out loud. Maybe we'll get some people doing that. Maybe real Christians in Christian churches that have been taken over by false Christians will actually step up and say, there is no way that is what Jesus would do. I got my WJD bracelet on right here, and he would not act as you are. Yeah. I, I started. Well, we'll see. I, I oh. saw a little meme <laughs> that I started mumbling okay. when somebody yeah. says, hey, put Christ back in Christmas. My response is, why don't we put Christ back in Christians? Oh, now we're all froze. Okay. <laughs> all right. We better go. Right. Not Christmas. We'll exactly better. that. That's good. Very good. Yeah. yeah. All right. We we'll go. try something better Every for recording. Confession. Stick with that. There we go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. I later. still have all kinds of like puzzles and music i want to talk about there we go take care steven yeah. always a pleasure. Right. this has been the relentless geekery podcast if you enjoy our conversation please subscribe on your favorite podcast app 
and go give us a review. Give us some likes. It would help a lot. Check out our website, relentlessgeekery.com, where we have links to our Facebook page, Join the Conversation, and go check out our YouTube page, where we have the video of this and other episodes. You have been listening to the Relentless Geekery Podcast. Come back next week and join Alan and Stephen's conversation on Geek Topics of the Week.